Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to a match day edition of Inside Arsenal. It's Saturday it is Newcastle versus Arsenal just a little bit later on today up in Tyneside. One of the toughest games of the season for Arsenal. They won their last season. Can they go and repeat that trick this time around? That's what we'll be focusing on today's show. We've got comments from Mikel Arteta, from William Saliba. We'll look at predicted 11s, not just for Arsenal, but for Newcastle as well. You guys have been getting in touch ahead of the game, talking about what Mikel potentially should do when it comes to naming his team selection. So there's plenty to discuss. And so let's get going, shall we? And we'll start with Mikel Arteta and what he's been having to say ahead of this game. Like I said, I have got really, really fresh memories still in my head of what it was like up at Newcastle last season in that game towards the end of the end of the campaign when Arsenal went up there. They just lost to Brighton, was it? Yeah, it was Brighton. Yeah, the, it, you basically started to feel like the title had gone at that point and that this was going to be the day that the dream probably died because Arsenal had very little confidence or form going into that game. And yet they went up there and produced what I thought was their best performance and certainly picked up their best result of the season with that 2-0 win in Tyneside. It was a hell of a game. The atmosphere, the intensity, the rivalry between the two sides, the hostility in the stadium. It was some match, that match. And, um, you know, Arsenal, it's going to be more of the same, basically. It's such a difficult place to go play football and to get a result. We've seen what Newcastle have done at home against teams this season. I mean, that game against Paris Saint-Germain is still at the forefront of a lot of people's minds. And uh, Newcastle, of course, going into it on the back of a really good win in midweek against United in the Carabao Cup at Old Trafford. And Mikel knows exactly how hard it's going to be when he was asked how much big of a test he was expecting. He said, look, a big one. It's one of the toughest places to go and win. We've done it and there is nothing new to it. We know what we're expecting. It is very clear what they do, what their strengths are, and where the opportunities are for us. We will try to take the game 
where we want. He was then asked about what it was like to play at St. James's Park. He said, when you play football, you want to play in those atmospheres, like going to Seville. You know what you're going to get. It is an incredible privilege to play in those grounds. You have to embrace the moment, enjoy it, and go through it because it's worth it. These are the arenas you want to be tested in. He says, an incredible football atmosphere. And it is. It blew me away last season. Now, I've been to St. James's Park a few times and I've not heard anything like it from that crowd that I did last last season. That was a hell of a game. My ears were ringing when I came out of that stadium. And um, it's going to be more of the same. They're, you know, they are absolutely up for it. This is a team on the up. Fan base who believe in what the team is trying to do and they are going to be supporting. And of course, last year it was the early kickoff. This year it's under lights in the evening. So it's going to potentially be even louder. And it's going to be a really interesting test of where Arsenal are this season. I think, you know, they're going into it unbeaten still in the Premier League, one of just two teams to still be unbeaten in the league. They've definitely not been at their best or at their best if you compare it to last season. So this will be a really, really big test. If they come through it, then, you know, they're going to be in a really, really good place. Um, before I get to Declan Rice, this is what this is what William Saliba said. He said, we know St. James's Park is a really tough play to play. We saw it in the Champions League against PSG that Newcastle are so good at home because they have such a good atmosphere. It's a real physical battle and they are so good with the ball as well. So we expect a tough battle and that's exactly what they're going to get. Saliba didn't even play in that game last season. Of course, he was injured at that point. Um, but Arsenal went there and produced a hell of a performance. Everyone was on it last season in that game. Everyone from the goalkeeper, Ramsdale, made some big saves. The defence was exceptional. I mean, Kivior came in for that game, didn't he? Played really, really well alongside Gabriel. Jorginho was excellent. Odegaard was exceptional. Saka and Martinelli, when they did get the ball, when they could try and press Newcastle back, they did. And it, and it just worked. They had to ride their luck. I remember that early penalty that was given and then overturned by VAR. Had that gone in, had Newcastle got themselves in front, it could have been a very different game. And Arsenal are going to have to do that. They're going to need a bit of luck on their side, I'm sure, today, if they're going to get a result, because they are going to come under some real pressure. If they can ride that out, get themselves into the game, then it should be a hell of a contest a little bit later on. It's going to be really interesting to see what Mikel Arteta does when it comes to the team selection, because there is a few choices for him um, having to make in this one. Declan Rice is definitely... Where Declan Rice plays is intriguing. See, I think we're probably going to see Jorginho at the base of the midfield and Declan Rice playing in that sort of left eight role that hasn't yet been filled this season. Um, Jorginho, as I said, played really well at St. James's Park last season. And I know he had a tough night in midweek against West Ham, but I think with Declan Rice there, he gets a little bit more protection. Having said that, it was Jorginho and Declan Rice against Chelsea and Arsenal really struggled initially and Jorginho really struggled recently and Arsenal and uh, yeah, Jorginho really struggled in that game. And then when Jorginho went off and Rice dropped back into the number six role, Arsenal improved. And so there is that in the back of my mind as well, as much as I think it probably will be Jorginho and Rice. Is Rice better served sitting just in front of that back four in this? The only issue with that is who else could there be to play? You're either going to go with Vieira again, who struggled massively against West Ham midweek, if you play Rice as a six. You could go Havertz, but Havertz has you know, absolutely struggled in that role to make any sort of impact, really, in that role. I just don't see any of those two playing. That's why I still fall back to, even though it didn't really work against Chelsea, I still think that's probably the option we're going to see. It did work against Manchester City. I thought Jorginho was very good in that game uh, against Man United as well, I think. 
So it's been a bit of a mixed bag this season, but that's what I think it's going to be. Again, there's a sort of choice of what you do up front. Do you play Eddie Nketiah up front? Um, scored a hat-trick last time out in the Premier League, of course, but then barely got a sniff against West Ham. And when he did get a couple of chances in the first half, he didn't get them on target. Didn't have, you know, basically non-existent in the second half. Do you go with Kai Havertz to add a little bit sort of more aerial ability as the number nine and to, for people to feed off the scraps? Or I mean, Trossard's an option. I think I've got a comment from one of you guys that I'll bring up a little bit later on talking about the potential for Trossard being number nine. That's something we seem to have really forgotten this season. We saw it quite a lot last year. It was successful last year at times, but we haven't seen it this season. So is that an option? Um, so there's lots of Mikel Arteta to consider. I think defensively, we know what's going to happen. I'd be very surprised if the back four is anything other than what we're expecting. But certainly in terms of how he how he lines up in that midfield, what options he goes with, what sort of system he goes with in that midfield, and definitely what he does up front. I think there's some big choices for Mikel Arteta to make in uh, in that regard. In terms of my predicted 11, though, as I said, I still keep falling back on the fact that I think it will be Jorginho and Declan Rice. So as I said, the back four pricks itself. It's going to be David Rye is going to be in goal, and then it's going to be Ben White, Saliba, Gabriel, and I think Tommy Asu. As I've said before, last couple of episodes, the fact that Zinchenko played, I know Zinchenko came off early against West Ham. But the fact he started that game and didn't play well, um, I just think that's it, it's pretty obvious that Tommy Asu is being lined up to start this game, and it makes perfect sense to play Tommy Asu. This is a Tommy Asu game when you're going to be up against it, when you're going to have a real intense battle on your hands, when you're going to have Kieran Trippier bombing down the right. You need a, your best defender in that role to try and a stop the crosses when they come in, and when crosses do come in, especially from the other side, you've got the aerial ability of Tommy Asu at the back post to help clear things up. I think that back four of White, Saliba, Gabriel, Tommy Asu—it just looks strong. It can deal with a lot, and Arsenal are going to have to deal with a lot tomorrow night if they're going to get the results. So that back four for me just makes perfect sense. And then, of course, Jorginho, Rice, and Odegaard. Odegaard sat out against Sheffield United, but he'll start this game. I can't see any way that Odegaard's not starting this game. He was brilliant last year against Newcastle and he'll need to be brilliant again. It was good to see him come off the bench and score that goal against West Ham. Hopefully that'll give him a little bit of a confidence boost going into this game. So that's the midfield I'm expecting. And then, you know, as I said, there is a potential for a few different options as your central striker. I think he'll go in Ketia. I'll be surprised if he doesn't. Um, I'll pull him into my FPL team. Uh, that's how convinced I am that he's going to start this game. Uh, so I, I think Saka, Nketiah and Martinelli. So that's my predicted 11 for today. Raya, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Tommy Asu, Jorginho, Odegaard, Rice, Saka, Nketiah and Gabriel Martinelli. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, in terms of Newcastle predicted level, and Newcastle got some injuries as well. Arsenal, of course, missing some big players, the likes of Jesus, Party, Emil Smith-Rowe. Newcastle missing some players. Sandro Tonali, of course, is suspended and will be for a long, long time. So he's not available. Harvey Barnes and Jacob Murphy are out. Elliot Anderson, Alexander Izak. So they're missing some big players as well. Certainly a couple of starters in there. You'd think if Jacob Murphy and, and Izak were fit, they would probably start, I would say. Um, so they're missing some players, but they've still got a strong team. I mean, you look at this. This is a predicted 11 that I saw from one of the local papers up there. And they were going with Nick Pope and Gold and a back four of Trippier on the right, Lascelles and Shah. Uh, there's no Sven Botman, of course, actually. is another big injury for them. He definitely would have started if he was fit, but he's got some ongoing issues at the moment. So no, no Botman. So Trippier, Lascelles, Shah and Dan Byrne as the um, back four. That's what they were predicting in the local paper that I saw. And then a midfield of Bruno Longstaff and Joe Linton. Maybe Joe Willock's an option there. He obviously came back from a long-term injury, scored a really good goal against Manchester United. You know what Willock's going to give you. going to have that ability to get up and down the pitch to you know, constantly keep going. He's a goal threat as well. So Potentially, Joe Willock could come in there somewhere, maybe in place of Sean Longstaff. I don't know. Uh, but that's the midfield that I saw that was predicted. So Bruno Longstaff and Joe Linton. And then the front three of Almiron, Wilson and Anthony Gordon. So it's a strong team. It's a, it's a physical team. It's a team that presses really, really well. Has a lot of legs about it. They can keep going. Um, and it's yeah, going to be a really, really difficult afternoon or evening at this one for Arsenal. Okay, let's move on to some of your questions and comments then, shall we, before we wrap things up today. As I said, here's one from Space0612. He says, I'd like to see Trossard as a striker. We had a good run last season when he played there. The way he draws the defenders out of position and the end product he produces outweighs his lack of physicality. It is not like Nketiah are gonna, is going to win us any headers anyway, let's be honest. And it's a good shout, you know. You know, I keep saying, oh, if it's between Nketiah and Havertz, but we seem to have just kind of moved on from Leandro Trossard being that false nine type option. And it was, like you say quite successful at times last season and it gets Trossard on the pitch which is a good thing uh most of the time and it gets him on the pitch in a central area as well which is a good thing for me like when he played against West Ham he was so wide all the time um on Wednesday night you just couldn't influence the game where you know he can really influence it in and around that penalty area with his you know he's a very good finisher technical ability is excellent he's got a good eye for the pass I just thought he was too wide he was just really really hugging the touchline at times um in midweek and I'd much rather see him in a central area. So, so it is definitely an option. I don't think it will happen, um, but it is definitely an option. And it is interesting that we just don't really, we're not really seeing it anywhere near as much this season, even with the amount of games that Gabriel Jesus has missed. Uh, Mac M125 says, Tommy Asu left back and Zinchenko left eight is a good shout, to be honest. Worried about Jorginho's physicality. Would much rather have Declan Rice sitting deep to protect the fact four. And then as Zinchenko progressing the ball on the left. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this, haven't we, before. It just seems to be despite it appearing to be a very good option, something that Mikel Arteta is not really considering when it comes to uh, Arsenal and Zinchenko. It's either left back or, or not in the team for him, which is a bit of a surprise given the role he plays for Ukraine and how well he does it and his technical quality. Um, and it would make a lot of sense to give him a bit of a go there. And then when he And in a sort of role where he's not going to have to worry too much defensively. Um, but... You know, I can't see it happening just because we've seen no signs whatsoever. This is something that Mikel Arteta is considering for Alexander Zinchenko. When you talk about Jorginho's physicality, I get it. And of course, he struggled in midweek. He definitely did. He didn't have a very good game. He didn't play very well against Chelsea um, as well. But he did play well against Manchester City. He's played well this season at times as well. And I keep, I know I keep harping back on it 
but he was so good in this game last season. And when I went up there and I saw the team sheet and I saw Jorginho was starting at Newcastle, I remember sitting in the press room with some of the other journalists and I was like, oh man, that is that is a worry. This game is going to pass him by. It's going to be so fast. It's going to be so physical. And he's just not going to have the legs to deal with it. But he did. And he dealt with it really, really well. And he didn't even have Declan Rice in front of him on that occasion. So while I do understand the kind of slight concern about it, there is past history that suggests Jorginho can handle this type of game. Um, and I think, and I feel a lot better than the fact that Declan Rice is going to be ahead of him as well. There's a couple here um, from, I'll name this account later, 4762. And uh, at 108U9 says, uh, the top one says, Havertz needs to play up front tomorrow and Ketia will get no change out of the Newcastle centre-backs. Also, Havertz has better link-up play than Ketia, which will benefit Saka and Martinelli. And a kind of, um, another one agreeing with that saying, Havertz needs to start against NUFC in place of Eddie. He will pose a dilemma for the defence. Then keep um, uh, Martin Odegaard close to Kai and... Arteta can always bring Eddie on. Leo also needs to play Leo Rice and Odegaard. I can't see Leo playing as the eight, I have to say. I think I'd be more inclined for him to be playing as a false nine than an eight. I just don't see it again, just because we've seen no sign of it happening with so far with Mikel Arteta, although he did play it pretty well in pre-season at times over in the United States. And the Havertz thing, you know, there's definitely a shout for it. I don't think he'll do it. I do think he'll go with Eddie and Ketter again. Like I said, when I've... The best stuff that I've seen from Havertz this season is when he's been playing in that sort of central area as a forward rather than in midfield. So I wouldn't be totally against it, but I just think he's going to stick with Eddie Nketiah for this game. Uh, and then this is the last one. It's from Matt Harvey, 1886, which I think is a really good point. He says, the physical battle wins this game. Simple. If we turn up for a scrap and go toe to toe, we'll face up to Newcastle's fast start. Get through the first 20 minutes and start to start to phase the control of the game. First goal will be critical. Come on, you gunners. I think it's a really good point. And I think this is going to be so essential. And this is how last season's game panned out. You know, Arsenal were blown away almost in that first 15 minutes last season at St. James's. The atmosphere was rocking. Newcastle were absolutely on it. I think they hit the post in the first minute. They had the penalty that was given and then overturned on VAR for handball against Kivior. You know, Arsenal could have easily been trailing after 10, 15 minutes in that game, easily. And had they been, then it would have been a hell of a long way back for them. But they didn't. They stuck it out. Again, they got a little bit of luck, but they stuck it out and they got themselves into the game. And then they got in front with that Martin Odegaard goal. And that was the sort of foothold they needed to then really control it. Um, and in the end, they could have won it by more. They had a lot of good chances. Nick Pope made some really good saves in that game before the second goal eventually came in the second half. So I agree. I think that first goal will be critical. I think it was on Wednesday night. I mean, it often is. But, you know, if Arsenal would have scored the first goal at West Ham when they were on top on Wednesday night, I think they win that game. They didn't. And the game turned because of that. And, you know, going to a place like St. James's, you do not want to fall behind. You don't want to give that crowd anything more to hang on to and to support. You want to get that first goal, suck the life out of the crowd a bit and really sort of slow the game, kill the game a little bit like Arsenal did last season. So, yeah, I agree 100%, Matt. I think first goal is going to be absolutely critical in this game today. All right, that's it from me, everyone. Do have a very good Saturday. If you're listening or watching this on the way up to Newcastle, enjoy it. hope you really sort of sing and create a hell of an atmosphere out there. And I hope the steps up to the away, away entrance are not too bad. I know how brutal they can be. Everyone else watching around the world, enjoy the game later on today. I'll be back tomorrow. I doubt I'll do something after the match tonight. I'll be back tomorrow uh, to discuss what's hopefully going to be a really important Arsenal victory. Until then, everyone, have a very good day. I'll speak to you soon. Small. 
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 